Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Token Podcast Reviews. I'm your host and sometimes referee, the friendly neighborhood web-slinging Zach Stat Pearson. And today, I'm joined by he, who was not my player too, but we would have done co-op if they remembered to stop advertising that it was in the game and they lied to us. A one, Milk, the DJ. You know, something just came to my head. What do you mean sometimes referee? What did you? What were you sometimes a referee for? What, what's oh, happening here? Oh, man, if you could have been here. All right, so, <laughs> you know, you're actually, I, I, I've been doing this now, I think almost four years. You're the only person to ever ask me that. Okay. That's like a classic thing that I do. Yeah, so it wasn't actually starting as a reference to Spider-Man. It was not actually doing that initially. So what happened was we had some members who had personality disorders or were just what you would call a fucked up individual, but they don't realize that they're a fucked up individual, whatever category that falls in. (laughs) So what we ended up doing was occasionally I had to sometimes referee and call people out on their bullshit about, Hey, Hey, remember what I said about how we going to talk to people in here and tell them, Hey, do you understand what you said was completely unnecessary and uncalled for? Blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, when the video was over, I would pause it and do it and no one would notice. But there were actually people starting fights, but they were the kind of people who had legitimate mental issues, didn't know they were doing it till I told them and they didn't stop. So now they're not here anymore. Oh, I see. So it's like a referee, like a, <laughs> like yeah, a wrangler. An actual referee. Because like, like I tell people, like I'm not here to play the debate bro game. We're either going to have difference of opinions or... Or we're going to see, or we're going to figure out, you know, whose opinion, who's got facts, and who thinks they have facts. And you're either going to accept it or not accept it, and they're going to be right, and you're going to agree, and you are both be right, or somebody's going to be right, and somebody's going to be wrong. Right? And then we'll just yeah. leave it alone. Because, you know, some people, they know the right answer when they hear it, but they don't want to accept it when they first hear it. So they have to come to that conclusion themselves. Because, you know, I don't, I don't work with children on this channel. We're not yeah. like a rated, uh, rated, an X-rated channel, but I don't, I am not geared my content at any point in time to children. So if I'm gonna have grown-ass adults, even if they're 18, not being able to do the basic thing of listen to what someone is saying, if they are trying to explain their logic, which is the whole fucking point of this podcast, interview or not, <laughs> um, you gonna go. Or I'm yeah, fair gonna, enough. Yeah, you're going to go or I'm going to do something that I normally do that I'm not going to say on here. Uh, I have very <laughs> low tolerance for bigots and anti-LGBT people. Like, you don't have to be in that community to fucking respect them. I'm not. I respect them. Yeah, it's, it's like simple common courtesy. You know, we, we've all we've all had those people. Emphasis on had. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, yeah. And I, and, I, and I keep trying to and I also in the same breath, I keep trying to tell people, you know, with progressive ideology not democratic but progressive listen you got to stop you got to realize ptsd works for everybody it's not just people who went to war because sometimes they'll just see an old person and they'll be talking to them and they say one thing out of line and they start flinging shit in their direction that is completely uncalled for like i said the that's the and that's the sad or the sucky part about me having to be the uh, not police, but the referee to the shit. Sometimes people assume if I'm calming people down that I'm taking their side. No, I'm trying to calm you the fuck down because ain't nobody going to be listening when everybody's yelling. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into it. All right. So me and Milk <laughs> finished up Spider-Man 2. 
the electric non-co-op boogaloo, which I'm still pissed about because, you know, they spent advertisement and marketing dollars saying it was going to be co-op. Um, and we got some thoughts. So we're going to just go through some quick uh, bullet points of what we're going to discuss and how we feel about it. And the first one being, who do you feel was more fun to play? Story rating, game design, favorite moment, DLC wishes. Uh, do you feel like this game was overhyped and overall rating? Oops. So uh, I'm going to go first because, well, uh, I'm pretty sure that I've kind of sort of had a lot more time to I, uh, mediate what I want my exact answers to be. And also, <laughs> I want to practice making sure, you know, I can get my shit under 10 minutes. Um, my answers <laughs> per question. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, well, f- first, I'm going to just come out and say it. I think who's more fun to play is going to fall under my traditional why are you giving a middle-of-the-road answer, but I, I know people hate it, but I got to tell you the truth. I think it depends on what you're doing or what you're trying to do. If you're trying to do stealth and fight as little people in those dungeons or battle zones or before you get to a boss area as possible, miles, miles all day. I ain't got to wear people up. I will knock them the fuck down. I will go invisible. I will go up... O- Make a brand new line, and if someone comes over there, huh, what was that noise? Guess what? You're going to find out what that noise, too. It was the ankle of a 16-year-old kid. That's what it was. Because I fucking kicked your ass so hard, you didn't even see it coming. <laughs> right? That's that's how I look at it. But for the entire game, overall gameplay, oh, Parker all day. I'm still a Peter Parker boy at heart. I acknowledge Miles is cool. Miles is technically kind of sort of pointless, but... And when something is cool and it has a good aesthetic and people like it, it doesn't matter if it's pointless. As long as you treat it well, I'm not going to complain about it. But I acknowledge Miles is technically pointless. And before those try to claim some racial element bullshit, uh, let me tell you why. Because I know you're not reading comics. Or you don't even look at Spider-Man Wiki. There's close to 20 characters that have had Spider-Man's powers. That live or are around the 616, which is the comic book universe, despite what Kevin Feige keeps telling people because he fucking forgot his own designation. So that's why you could literally slot any other character in there, have almost identical story plots, maybe change the sex and relationship types of a few characters and get the same thing. Miles is technically redundant. That don't mean he's not cool as hell and I don't respect him. And I'm not going to see the next Spider-Verse movie like I did the first two. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly considering from, uh, from some of my little cousins uh, who might be breaking into hockey, which is rare for any fucking minority, period, that isn't a native. Um, <laughs> I'm considering getting them like a, a Spider-Verse book or Spider-Verse like movie collection shit. Like, don't get me wrong. I respect the hell out of Miles, and I respect what Marvel has accomplished with him. That doesn't mean I can't not feel like he's redundant. So, yeah, that's my answer. What about you? Who do you feel was more fun to play? Man, I a lot of what I consider to be fun in the game comes from the fact that uh, one, I like to kind of break my games a little bit. Not really, but I'm I always mean, this like, game always... came cracked, so <laughs> yeah. But no, like, like in general, any any game that I play, I I am like no- notoriously the guy in my friend group who will always accidentally find some shit that breaks 
I'm like clipping through the floor. I'm I'm out of the skybox. My limbs are broken. I'm T-posing. My animations are fucked. Something. It's always me who fucks it up. <laughs> so, so that's a part of it. I mean, to the, the other... at that point, I think that's a skill issue on the developers. You I... can't break it if it wasn't already fucked up by them. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but even with that said, surprisingly, as a person who finds a way to break my games all the time, uh, this game was one of those ones that I actually only broke like twice, and I don't even know if it was my fault it broke. Uh, and it certainly wasn't nearly at any crucial points like a lot of other people were, were uh, talking about, which we'll, we'll get to Funny that later. You should mention that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, but the other half of what I consider fun in the game is like a... When I have some downtime and I'm like, I'm not trying to do a main mission, I'm not trying to do a side mission, I just want to fly around cause, just because it's fun. Uh, Miles was always the most fun for me because, like, the Miles Morales game was the one that I would always go back to because of his advanced mobility options that he had when you weren't in the middle of combat. It just made things feel a little bit smoother. The fact that he had, like, more style animations, I was like, this shit is, like, I could do this for hours because the dopamine hit just, it keeps flowing. Bro, and, uh, and there's I just a whole entire off. channel devoted to like just relaxing music while swinging in Spider-Man. Yeah. Bro, yeah. I swear one day I'm that's gonna be my lo-fi. Like I'm gonna just turn that on and just think or do some shit that I gotta do. That's gonna be that channel was smart. That channel was really smart. Yeah, they're adapting with the with the times. <laughs> um, so that that's like one of the things that I consider to be like that's a core element of what I consider to be fun in the game. And so now that they've given those extra mobility tools to Peter as well, um, has kind of, it's taken a part of that specialness away from miles. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that they gave those to him. It's kind of a necessity because the map is fucking huge. And also it's like, you know, why would you leave the mobility tools only for one person when you can very clearly just implement them for the other, but you just didn't think of it because you didn't think of it when the first game came out. So that's, that's kind of what makes it a little bit tougher now between the two of them. Uh, I even think about like the combat that I'm doing, and I think both of them have their own merits that I just switch. I switch back and forth between them whenever I'm doing missions that require me to be stealthy, because it's like there's different ways that I can stealth my way through anything with either one of them. So uh, I, I think who is more fun to play for me is really, really hard to say because of the fact that I now have both of them at my disposal at any time. To the point where I, I could probably almost say that throughout going through the entire game and 100%ing everything, I was going between the two of them almost 50-50. Sometimes by accident, sometimes on purpose. So so does that mean you're undecided? A little undecided, yeah. I think I might have to... Uh, <laughs> I might have to see what other things they end up giving us, like um, you know, supposedly eventually giving us a new game plus thing give me another excuse to run through the game again and then maybe i'll have to see if my opinions are more concrete at that time but right now i'm kind of 50 50 for both of them peter all day all right so for story rating uh i have a little i have a unique situation because the way i look at it you have to go by what was given to you when you got the game not what they wanted you to do but what you actually got so for me my story rating, I'm, I'm going to give it a flat out B minus. And I'm going to tell you why. Was the story bad? Absolutely not. You felt like you were living in the Spider-Man universe. You weren't as isolated. Because if you really stop and bullshit and think about it in the first game, one of the biggest issues was Spider-Man mentions and references all these people he's met and that he knows that aren't villains. And the only one you see is Black Cat. And even then, 
she doesn't really actually become important or do anything until the DLC happens. In one mission. <laughs> so, I'm glad they did what they did. When you're chasing Black Cat through literal dimensional portals, oh yes, there will be spoilers in this as if it wasn't obvious. When you're chasing Black Cat through portals, I liked it. It made my pants tight. But to be fair, I've liked and had a crush on Black Cat possibly since 1996. Although, <laughs> and I don't put her in my top five or first time white girl crushes because she's technically not real. But if she was, she would be in that category. <laughs> even the even young me knew, man. I hate asshole girls who think it's fun to pick on you and be sarcastic. But at the same time, uh, my little pee-pee likes them. I'm torn. But I always <laughs> encountered some really messed up glitches at the most random times. To the point where story immersion was broken. And that alone is the biggest reason why I'm, I, I gave it a full letter grade downgrade. It was no way it was going to get an A. Just because of that. If I disappear... If my body disappears, if I turn into Philadelphia cream cheese steak, uh, cream cheese in a cutscene, story is broken. Immersion is broken. I can no longer take this shit seriously. And it was literally not like it was a one-time situation. If it was a one-time situation, I would just mention it in passing. No, this happened several times. Oh, and for the uninitiated, because apparently this isn't common knowledge, several is not actually a multiple of seven. It just means something that happened more than two times. Um, I'm actually surprised how many people do not know that. Uh, I'm but, surprised at the amount of people. People think that several is like a multiplicative of seven? Yes. What? All right, fair enough. <laughs> Maybe I, it's I because we don't wrong. pronounce it the old way of severo, if that was even a thing. They hear Sev and they just think, okay, maybe Seven related. Um, oh, that's weird. Yeah. So that's what did it for me. Also, some of the most uh, interesting things and things that could have easily been put in a cutscene, unfortunately, they got relegated to swing commentary. Now, I don't know how you feel about swing commentary in the old games. Basically, that's their way of doing walking cutscenes. My problem with the swing commentary is a very simple thing. First and foremost, there's not even an animation that lets you know you're about to hear some shit. How are they even acknowledging these phone calls? Because apparently it's not radio waves. I thought it was radio waves because you can pick up radio frequencies. I don't know why Spider-Man is obsessed with listening to someone who hates him, James Jonah Jameson, but it's because fucking there's there someone's calling them directly and there's no button press or nothing and then when you're not doing that you randomly pick up james jonah jameson signal yes i know you can toggle it on and off but that's not the problem the problem is you've now created a situation where barring few exceptions you can have or erase your ability to hear cutscenes because of how it was set up or dialogue because of how it was set up you hear James Jones Jameson or you get a you talking to uh, Mary Jane or something, you activate a quest, boom, cutscene. And sometimes the game goes, hey, sorry, I'm calling you back. Uh, what were you saying? What, what did you do to call him back? You didn't touch nothing. Or it just doesn't do it at all. 
So I have a problem with that because now I'm not missing dialogue because I'm purposely skipping it. I'm missing it because I don't know what will and won't cut out. And there's no way to find out if you've even heard all of the possible dialogue that you can listen to while you're, you know, swinging around. So that's why I give it that. Your turn. Yeah, that's uh, honestly, I having having the the phone calls thing just be cut off by you jumping into like not even like a main quest i would go down to like take care of the sandman crystals and then they'd be like oh no okay you are not allowed to talk to them anymore it's like i can i can fight them while i'm on the phone i was i was stopping a whole fucking robbery when you called me and i could take it i can't fight these stupid sand dudes it's ridiculous but regardless uh the for the record from my perspective, the, I ran into two issues, two little glitches in the game that forced me to have to restart something. But the only times that they happened were when I was doing the Mysterio things. And one of them was like in the middle of doing one of them. And you were like supposed to press a button to move on to the next phase of it. And the button just wasn't working. And that's actually the exact subset of the glitches that I found is like, Miles, go press the button. And then, he, and then I couldn't press the button. So it required me to restart. But... Um, none of those were game breaking. None of them happened in the middle of important cutscenes. None of them even happened in like mainline anything that was actually important. So, luckily for me, I didn't have any of that uh, like taint my experience or kind of fuck up my my experience with watching the cutscenes or just being immersed in what the game had to show me. So immediately, I think the letter grade that I'm going to give it is higher than yours. Um, the other issue is that I don't have a very easy time discerning when I think things are bad because if I'm honest, I have some kind of uh, hyperfixation with uh, Spider-Man as a character and kind of as an IP. Um, there's a very specific word I would use to describe the kind of thing that I have, but I can't say it in a joking manner because I don't even know if I actually have it. It doesn't matter. I'd probably give it like an A-, minus, honestly. There, there really aren't that many areas in the in the game and in the story of everything that was going on that made me think like, okay, this is like I, that gave me some kind of negative experience. Unless it was like a cutscene that was very deliberately designed to make me like feel bad for what was happening, like you know, classic bully McGuire or bully Lowenthal, I guess. Are people going to start using that now? I think they already have. <laughs> uh, I mean. Like, well, it's based off of Bully Maguire, so I believe I would still call it Bully Maguire. Yeah, fair enough. I guess it is the archetype. So yeah, we'll say Bully Maguire until the internet decides that I'm wrong. Um, obviously, there are moments like that where the where the game very deliberately wants you to make to kind of put you at an unease because it's like, no, Peter, you've been this good person this whole time. You've been trying to keep your head up, and now you're just like being a dick to the people who are the closest to you. Why are you doing that? There's like moments where he, you know, you have to go do something as Peter and he just does not call Miles for assistance at all. And I kind of feel bad for him. I'm like, damn, why'd you have to do him like that? He's still in high school. He's only, he's like 16 or 17 years being an ass. So those moments I get, there are very few moments that were in the game where I was like, this feels distasteful. And this doesn't feel like something that was intended to invoke the feeling that I'm currently feeling while I'm having it. Um, and so... I don't know. I, I, I think I ran through the story and I I wish I had kept note of the things that I specifically had issues with at the time of me seeing them, but I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't keep track of them and so I don't remember them off the cuff. I just remember that there was just, you know, probably less than five things that had occurred where I was like, eh, this doesn't make me feel very good. Um, and so I, I don't know. I thought I thought I enjoyed myself going going through the whole thing. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I respect your opinion. And again, you're not here. We're not here to be echo chambers of one another. So I obviously disagree, but I, I like that you had fun. Let me say that, you know, we pay enough as it is for video games. And then they always want us to buy something after we get the shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you have fun. All right. Game design. Well, I'm just going to fucking, I, I won't even say I'm beating a dead horse. It's more like I'm casually petting a dead horse. Um, look, game design rating. Tell me right off the bat. B plus. I'll tell you why. Are the characters designed? Well, absolutely. Here's the problem. Everything the fuck else around them. Look, the amount of glitches I faced are almost never in combat. My glitches are usually when I'm doing anything that's not combat related. I had a glitch so bad, I had to go to the fucking Twitter page, that cesspool of a hell of a website. I had to tell other Zacks, oh, oh shit, I guess I should explain this for the audience. All right, so I'm one of those people who don't obsess over social media and I actually give it the right amount of control over me, which is practically none. So I don't obsess over trying to get on the latest thing and the greatest thing. I don't get on some social media usually unless I have a purpose or my friends are have a group account with me and really they're doing more uploading than me. However, I met uh, a Zax who was getting mistaken for me and he was even getting emails because people don't know I basically use only use Gmail and uh, duck and uh, duck uh, emails. And he eventually contacted me. And it was like, oh, bro, yeah, these are people I know. Hey, thanks for that. But listen, um, just let them know, you know, I'm not on Twitter, but if they want to talk or if they got some questions, you know, uh, you just pass them my way. Like, it's all good, bro. I appreciate you and I respect you for, you know, telling me this stuff. And then also he occasionally, you know, he'll go and text something for me usually as long as it's like a regular one person tweet, not like a big ass long winded thing or debate. Um, <laughs> he, I had him text while I was emailing uh insomniac on i had him go to their twitter and tell him like bro bro i can't beat this game and even if i restart it i don't think it's going to work until you fix this glitch because right now i was unable to go to and fight um was it dr croc fuck the reptile i was i wasn't able to fight the reptile dr connors yeah dr connors (laughs) you know um because you know i think the the reptile version and I hated that because that was one of the first times when the narrative was starting to get like, oh, this is making me feel some kind of way because we all know the same story about him. They say, oh, my wife left me and she took the kids because of this fucked up shit, blah, 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 you know, ruining his life. And then he just got the shit back together. We never see these people. We never hear anything about them. I don't even think I remember what they look like in the comics, right? I don't even think they were in the show. But when you go through his house you see his kids room, you see pictures, you see a toy, you see a play place in the living room. And and I'm just like, oh my God, man, fuck Craven. I, I want to beat his ass, cave it in now. Right. And then I get to the puzzles and the game breaks on me. Completely breaks. Then they told me they couldn't fix it or they didn't fix it. it took like two days later. Hey, you just have to turn off all shortcut functions, especially on the deep uh, left and right D-pad, and it should un- unbreak the game. I'm like, are you fucking serious? It's a fucking bizarre, like, fix. <laughs> it didn't fix it. It just stayed oh, broke. Well, they okay, just told well, me how to avoid fixing it. But now that means that mm. I couldn't use any shortcuts 
because I was scared I wasn't going to be able to do something in the game where it would break something. Because you remember, not only do we not have a new game plus, if I if I uh, re, uh, if I want to restart this game over, I'm not going to be able to load any of my shit. I literally have to go from the beginning. Yeah, get everything back. Don't get me wrong. I had to sacrifice four functions to play the game without any worries. But let's be honest. That shouldn't even be a fucking possibility in the first place. Sacrificing functionality that's supposed to be inherent to a game to beat a game. You fucked up. Combat, you did good. However, I, I think I speak for everybody. You know, we always hated that you can't really lock on to people. What if I'm trying to use my finisher on the motherfucker who's the biggest threat, not the person who's directly in front of me from the first game? I remember Jane Quisition uh, complaining about it back when the game first came out. There's literally no reason why you don't have a lock on. And then when you use your other equipment, there's a lock on. Sometimes. Yeah, occasionally it tries. Yeah. So did it get, was that improved? Yes. But the fact that I can't just press, I don't know, L3, R3, they seem obsessed with using all the buttons on the controller unnecessarily. Or it couldn't be mapped to the D-pad. Like, you know, if you just press left and right, oh, it'll uh, scroll through everyone you can hit. Or if they did put in the ability to target, I didn't find it because I was trained and they've trained me to think that it's not there and it wasn't in the game's tutorial. So I, I honestly did not like that. Uh, other than that, you know, they did a damn good job with the combat, the skill tree and everything. If you played the game on a normal difficulty, you can get practically everything in that skill tree as long as, long as you stop and you do at least an entire side quest line for miles that relates to the Prowler or the ex-con Prowler who's no longer in existence because he's a good guy now. And for Peter, if you go and do the uh, air purification, water purification test, right? Yeah. You do that shit. And I guarantee you, I fucking guarantee you, you will be able to get most of the things you want from those skill trees. And I know that there's one thing that you can get from combat, but yeah, they, they, they perfectly paced it. Because don't get me wrong, I hate when... The game is too easy because I got my shit overpowered or I get basic things that break the game to the point of the game can't catch up. But I love it when they're perfectly paced and it's rare. And honestly, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, the combat design and skill tree was perfectly paced. And I have never considered that any type of pacing on that structure perfect in any video game. So that's the first and probably only time I've given anything in a video game a perfect rating. Um, but that's that shit bothers me. Oh, and yeah, inability to get through things because and take them seriously because, well, the story around it was stupid, but I guess that's more story rating. But the game design around shit breaking in cutscenes or leaving cutscenes or just being in combat situations happening at random bodies disappearing, literally floating heads talking, people not having their mask on when they obviously are in the Spider-Man mode like that shit. I, I, I give it I give it a B plus. I give it a B plus. Your turn. Yeah, fair enough. What, what, I, what I think I've realized a lot of this comes down to is um, people being... Pe you, you uh, Damn it. <laughs> you being very critical of the game. People in general being critical of the game and saying like, hey, these game-breaking... Ga game-breaking or otherwise glitches are inherently dampening my experience, especially within the context that the previous games seems seem like they have 
had significantly fewer of those problems. Like, as a person who ran through the first game, I don't know, probably three whole times, and the DLC, both DLCs twice, running through Miles' game, like, three or four times, because it was the only one that I had at the time, and then going through this game once, and I'm like, all right, well, I instantly ran into more issues that I ran, than I ran into in the first two games. And so I recognize that those kinds of issues being in the in the game have dampened people's experiences, and I think that's where most of the differences are going to come between me and a lot of other people, is that, again, I really didn't have anything that got in the way of really anything at all. Like, again, there was the exception that I brought up earlier where it's like, okay, I don't know why I can't just be in the middle of this fight while I'm on the phone, given that, like, the first fight you do in the first game is... I, and I, you're, you're, you know, trying to siege Kingpin's whole fucking thing while you're on the phone with your aunt. And I know that that's there for, like, very good purpose, but I feel like... It would have made sense if, at least at certain points, I would have been able to continue talking with them for the reason you brought up earlier, which is that, hey, I wanted to hear what you were saying, <laughs> and yeah. sometimes they don't repeat the dialogue. Yeah. And ain't nobody going to sit there and legitimately comb through YouTube to find the one person who did get to do it, because, like, they're going to tell you, or they're not going to fucking restart the entire game just to get to that one section again or reload a save file every single fucking time. It's just not realistic. They need to have better control and understanding over that phone call bullshit. Yeah. So I recognize all of those things. But the, the good news is that from my perspective, I didn't have most of that stuff getting in my way of really anything. Whether it be like trying to walk through the halls of Peter's old high school and, you know, nothing broke for me there trying to do any of the regular old combat and nothing broke for me there. I mean, the, the absolute X, the absolute most that my game has ever quote unquote broken while I've been playing in like fighting in combat is like knocking an enemy off the building and having them not get webbed to the side of the building like they're supposed to. And so, you know, I mean, RIP to that guy. Um, but I'm happy I mean, for you, man. I, don't get me wrong. I'm honestly happy for you. <laughs> Not to mention, though, they, and the main reason, other reason I give it a B not to cut you off was just because they really didn't change much in the combat. What they actually did was they gave Miles and they gave Peter a bunch of new abilities, or they made you buy some of the old abilities and then just give them to you lock, stock, and barrel from the beginning. So there was almost no fucking improvement. That's why I gave it such a low grade. Right, yeah, that's that that totally makes sense, and I think there's a lot, like... If a lot of people weren't the happiest with how the combat was... Like, uh, objectively, the combat in the game was done well, but if you are looking at those first two games and the flaws that their combats had, you very much have a reason to move them over to this game as well and potentially even rate it lower for different reasons depending on the values that you hold within fighting people. One thing that I heard a lot of people say was like, hey, in the first two games, you kind of relied heavily on your gadgets because they were overpowered as shit and would recharge very frequently, so... Like, now I can appreciate the fact that the gadgets are... I would say, objectively, you have to work more for them to actually be able to get them, just because you don't get them for free off of just a bunch of miscellaneous things, um, even if you still can get them kind of frequently. But then on top of that, the gadgets themselves act more as utilities than they act as strict. Use this and just clobber everything. Like, literally, in the first two games, I can just fire off one of my special webs uh, at, like, a group of enemies trying to, like, stop a crime, and literally one or two of them just takes out the whole thing. And that can't really be said for the gadgets in this game. 
And so I can understand why people would be frustrated by that. I can also understand why people think it would be a good thing. I'm perfectly neutral on the whole thing. And ultimately, I think uh, the fact that I don't rely on the gadgets as much means that most of the fights, even at the same difficulty as fights that I would be taking in the first games, you know, at max, um, it would be kind of... They're more difficult, and I'm perfectly okay with that. So... In terms of its game design mechanics overall, I would probably... I, honestly, I'd probably give it a B plus. Again, just being able... Just acknowledging what other people are, are saying about it. Um, how it's getting moved. How the, the game mechanics were moved over to the second game you. and whatnot. I got you. We should probably be writing these grades down as we go so I can put them in the video. All right, so oh, real quick. Number one... Uh, I said, oh, wait, that was more who's fun to play, so I guess we go to number two. Number two, I know <laughs> what I said. I said a motherfucking B minus. What did you say for number two? I put an A minus. Okay. And for number three, you said B plus? B plus, yes. Yeah, I'm changing mine to B. Like, they literally just... I won't even say they refined what they already had. It's more like they barely deviated. They thought because, oh... We're going to let you use symbiote powers. Everything's going to be fine. Well, you use the symbiote powers to essentially do shit that they could already do. They yeah. didn't actually do anything exotic, per se. They just kind of looked cooler <laughs> yeah, doing the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so moving on. Favorite moment. This was a little bit uh, unique for me. So for me, my favorite moments, I'm going to just call off three. And it's got, it's going to feel kind of weird. Um, favorite moment was when Peter basically tells, uh, Harry, Hey bro, I ain't giving you the suit back. <laughs> it's not just the cutscene, and he was dressed different. It was the cutscene, and all the swing and, uh, uh, overfield, uh, uh, world map dialogue I heard after it, bro. It was literally Hey, Harry, I'm not giving you the suit. Listen, listen, Harry, I ain't trying to hear all that. I don't need to hear about you. I ain't trying to hear all that, Harry. Hold off, homie. Hold off, homie. Listen, I can do more good. I can save a bunch of other people, you know, just by me having the suit. This is my precious, essentially. And <laughs> and then fucking, then, you know, he's like, look, look, you got a lot of money. Your parents will find something. that Your dad will find something that will save you. And then he tears that room up and MJ's like trying to console him. And then when he goes, he's like, yeah, I did the right thing, right? You know? There was nothing wrong with what I did. I can do a lot better than this. Yeah, I know. And just see that slow descent into madness starting off from happy to viciously selfish and self-righteous into, am I regretting what I'm doing? I love that. That whole little, I want to say maybe 15 minute time span of that cutscene, him deciding he's not going to do it. And then him possibly regretting it or trying to psych himself up into believing I did the right thing. Because the way he's talking, even though it's a period on the sentence, it sounds like a question. Right? It sounds like a question. It's like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Not, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. There's no confidence to it. That was good storytelling. And I fucking loved it. Second moment. Now, I know we all hated this in the original fucking Spider-Man. And I knew what they were doing the minute they had me do it. Those fucking pigeons. 
I hated chasing <laughs> those fucking pigeons. I wanted those pigeons to die, but that didn't happen. You know what did happen if you do that side quest? The fucking homeless dude knew he was going to die. He knew he was terminal and he just couldn't afford to live in the city or in the place that he was. And his wife was dead. He had nothing to live for except them birds. So he had you help the birds find a new place to live while he finds a resting place in the same place homeless people do. A giant construction zone in a cardboard or a hardwood box or being cremated and then made dust and then put in the ground because that's what happens with homeless people. I, and it hit me so hard. I knew, I knew when he said, hey, Mark, uh, I'm, I don't know the guy's name, but we're going to call him Mark. Mark, uh, I did what you asked me to. Mark, are you there, Mark? Hmm, that's weird. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker dead. Yep, there's the ambulance. I, I go like, back, oh, yep, I go shit. back, boom. Ambulance right there is like, uh, we're sorry for your loss, Spider-Man. It's like, yeah. They just got through sitting down and talking, staring at the moon and looking at, you know, the view from New York. Because despite how much New York City pisses me off with how people are treated, homeless are treated, and how things are priced unnecessarily, it is beautiful to look at from the sea. And another moment. Uh, so, Miles can actually visit his dad's grave and he can visit Aunt May's grave. I know Peter can do it, but I didn't know that there would be anything that happens with Miles. Just the acknowledgement of it. So yeah, those are my favorite moments. I know what you're thinking. Well, those don't involve combat and shit. Well, yeah, they. I know, but you know. That's the point. <laughs> exactly. All right, your turn. Oh wait, no, wait. Fair. Um, oh. favorite. No, nah, we don't rate favorite moments. All right, keep going. <laughs> we only fair enough. Uh, all right, I I can think of. Kind of, I can also think of three off the top of my head. One of them is out of left field, and one of them is kind of corollary to what you said. Uh, I guess two of them are. So. One of my favorite moments, and probably one of the moments that the entire internet is, uh, well, internet in that subspace is thinking about, is uh, is the fight between Miles and Peter when he's in his symbiote suit, because you can hear Peter being like, you can hear him being negatively affected by the symbiote, like trying to take over his mind. You can almost hear parts of him thinking like, no, I'm the hero here. Like, I think it's like the classic thing where he's like, I'm the hero here. I'm not the one who needs saving. It's like that kind of mentality that he has towards Miles, a.k.a. the person who he's teaching and the person who has saved his life so many times. He's saying, no, you are not the you are not the main character. I am the main character here. And then on the other hand, you can also hear him becoming desperate because he knows how many people he's lost. He doesn't think about all the people that he has saved and kept alive and how many people get a second chance at life because of him. And you can hear the desperation about him basically saying, I need to keep this suit, otherwise I can't keep saving people. Whilst not acknowledging that, if I'm honest, him having the symbiote on, he's probably killed people in that. Like, you see how hard he body slams people? They're dead. They are so dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I saw a meme that was like, yeah, Spider-Man doesn't kill people, and then it showed a clip of him, like, it showed a clip of a guy fighting in the, uh, in that, like, industrial area when you have to rescue Tombstone, and he just, like, throws one of the bad guys into, like, the hot metal it's like well yeah he's not coming back 
but no, that's probably that's probably one of the most it's like top three most emotional, like powerful moments in that story for me is just the intermingling between him being like, no, I am the I am the main character here. I am the person who's responsible for saving people. You need to get the hell out of my way. And then the other half of him saying, I need this suit. Otherwise, I can't keep being Spider-Man and I can't be the best person I want to be. I can't keep saving these people. And he's like desperate to try and cling on to it. And then there's the obvious kind of tension and release when you finally uh, beat him down to the point where he's able to be mentally so uh, strong enough to get the, the, the symbiote off of him. And it's like, uh, all right, it's purged and we're clean and we're good and we can move on. And then uh, on a much smaller scale, there's a like a minor side quest that happens where you have to go find this girl's like grandpa because he wandered or he, uh, I don't, I don't know what kind of yeah uh, I think he's, he's he old. lost his inhaler um and his and yeah. I remember that one because I I was thinking about putting that down um yeah. he lost his inhaler and she didn't know where he was and he was sitting by the place he proposed to his wife at leading to the birth of his granddaughter who was looking for him. Yeah, it was a really nice. It was a really nice thing, and because you know you can hear the granddaughter, and she's panicking. She's like, "I feel so bad that I haven't been spending time with my grandfather." It's just you know, times have been tough, and I feel like I'm being too harsh on him, and uh, you know, I'm not doing all these things and whatever. And then you go and find him, and yeah, he's just sitting right there on the park bench, right where he proposed to his wife, and and he's just there. He's just like reminiscing. He's like, you know, this is where I proposed. And then there's the classic line, "You ever been in love, Spider Man?" And I did this as Miles, and he was like. Yeah, yeah, I think, or whatever he says. Uh, and, you know, you're just you're just humoring him. You're just giving him a few minutes of your time, and you're just listening in. You're like, you know, how's this guy's life? I don't even remember if they gave him a name. They probably did. And then, uh, and then, boom, his granddaughter shows up, and she's like, "Oh, thank God, I found you." And then she kind of like, uh, in the most positive way possible, kind of apologizes to him, and is like, I "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do better for you, Grandpa," because. You know, you never who knows how much time, time you have with left. The, yeah, you never know how much time you have left with the people you love. Now, yeah. I forgot it and I feel bad about forgetting it because I even turned on my <laughs> recorder, even though it wasn't like super sexy gameplay, just to make sure I got footage of it. I think it should show up in this video. Uh, nice. When Miles goes to the musical history um, museum and you do that whole quest line where you help them out and you get to the actual area. First and foremost, all those people are real. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, apparently, uh, well, I mean, not to make fun of you or poke fun of you, but a lot of my white friends did not fucking know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, they literally said, hey, <laughs> I have people say, hey, do you know what superhero this is they're talking about? Like, what do you mean? Oh, well, there's this lady who was a secret agent. She was apparently the first minority, uh, minority female or uh, minority led female show to ever happen in Marvel's world. And uh, she's they and uh, they got a reference over in the game. But what 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 hero was she's like? No, she's real. That's real history. Those people yeah. are all real. Oh shit! Like yeah, yeah. Uh, she was <laughs> she was a dancer. She was anti um, Nazi. All this shit, and she's one of the first females, uh, minority females, to get on TV or either star as a main character in a TV show. Her his her life is insane. The fact that th there isn't like some big lavish ass hundred million dollar movie about it is I feel like it's an oversight, or maybe it came out before we were born. Um, but I can't remember her name for the life of me, but I remember reading her entire wiki page. I paused the game. I stopped the recorder. I went through her <laughs> entire wiki history. I was like, I know she's real, but I didn't know she was a G. I didn't know she was cool like that. Yes.
<laughs> I've seen her before. I even saw the exact picture of her that was in the game before. And I was like, I didn't know she was a fucking legitimate spy, too. <laughs> Literally a secret agent. So um, I, I, I enjoyed just watching that culture. And I know that they like to do small little things that remind people that Miles is Puerto Rican. Despite having a Cuban flag up in places. Oh, no. Yeah, you thought we weren't going to bring that up? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Ruins um, the whole gameplay experience. <laughs> but yeah, it was it, it, it was nice how they did it. However, I also get a little bit annoyed that why are they not doing the one thing Peter's never got to have, which is his family is never talked about. People act like Peter is an orphan with the exception of, you know, his aunt and uncle. No, Peter grew up with family. He knows some of his cousins. They are named. They have been written. They have been drawn. But no matter what happens, anytime you're thinking about Peter, Uncle Ben's going to die in the first couple episodes, or he already did. So there's only Aunt May and MJ, and if you're lucky, Felicia. They basically made him Marvel Archie. I'm like, bro, they have family. Yeah, like, give it, give it to him. Give yeah, it back. Like, show them at least once. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, DLC wishes. All right. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Um, I know that they're basically implying, like they did with the first game, you're not really going to see Green Goblin or possibly Superior Spider-Man until Spider-Man 3. But uh, I kind of want, because the armor is already there, I want Superior Spider-Man and Spider-Man to already be there clashing with each other. You know? I want to be in a situation where either Doc Ock directly becomes Superior Spider-Man or he creates the person or machine that becomes superior spider-man because you know they play a little bit loose with how things work and i'm not mad at them they make a good story um and i kind of want them to do that i legitimately want them to do that and i think it would be the coolest thing to have superior spider-man not just the outfit i'm not even a fan of doc ock spider-man but his stories were good started off shitty but it's 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 one of those things that is a eternal constant um, you, as North American citizen, you will always deal with taxes. You will always deal with death and Dan slot can write a good Spider-Man story. <laughs> so now has he screwed up some things from time to time? Absolutely. No one is perfect, but Dan slot can make a good Spider-Man story. And if he couldn't, well, let's be honest. Marvel wouldn't call him up anymore. Um, personality leaves something to be desired, but you know, I'm not going to sit up here and dog that man when he's not around to, you know, just. I guess on some level defend himself. I don't know. Either way, I don't like picking on a writer uh, when we're not even discussing their writing. We're discussing them as a person. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, unless it's J.K. Rowling, but at this point, she's always asking for it for attention. Uh, (laughs) But they already doing Daredevil. I want to at least see one X-Men besides fucking Wolverine. Also, it's really fucking weird that Miles has a Wolverine themed costume. That's yeah, weird. I got that, and I was like, "Why the? F- why is? Why is this in here? Why, bro? I had two questions. Why is this in here? Why is this on Miles? <laughs> and then the other yeah. one: Why is there a Craven costume? They fucking hate that guy. <laughs> like, not like back- it's like one of the. It's like maybe one of those some symbolic gestures where it's like, all right, well, well, never mind. Actually, I was gonna say they they defeated Craven, and then they you know. Like, take a skin. No, that's not what happens. Yeah, and then, like, you can just get it. There's no explanation for it whatsoever. It was fucking weird. Um, 
I want to see Nightcrawler because Nightcrawler and Spider-Man are actually good friends. And for those out there reading the comic, last I checked, because, uh, well, I still get comic emails, even though I don't read, you know, half as much as I would like to get invested. Um, my schedule is just too busy to pick up books, pictures or no pictures. I'm doing too much. We've already discussed it. Uh, but there's an uncanny Spider-Man and it's Nightcrawler in a suit that blocks his mutant detection, his mutant gene from being detected. And he's basically being Spider-Man in New York. It is fucking cool. Nightcrawler Sick. is one of the few characters who shines when he's in a group as well as he shines in a solo series. Like he can do both well. And I fucking love him for it. I wish Nightcrawler, the someone who had Nightcrawler's personality existed in real life. We would be friends. They would be that guy that stops me from, I don't know, beating the bejesus out of somebody I hate, not with scriptures, but with just reminding me with, you know, you want to solve your problems with words first. Violence is only your final resort. Don't forget that rule that you have. Don't forget that rule that you have. Like, he's that guy. I'm not asking him to stop me, but reminding me that I'm going to regret how I feel about this shit later. I, but I digress. Um, I want to see Nightcrawler. Will I play Nightcrawler? Uh, probably not. Also, obviously, <laughs> look, let's just don't don't imply Doctor Strange and Black Cat. Make us go through some little DLC where we get Doctor Strange, Black Cat, and we get Miles dealing with uh, Felicia instead of Peter. And Peter ends up dealing with something while he's gone. I don't know. Maybe we'll say there's another riot at Rikers. So that way, you know, uh, Osborne can use it as an excuse to secretly smuggle Octopus out. You know, make it link into the future stories. I think that would be cool. Also, let's not have Felicia flirt with Miles. It, they they didn't really do it per se. She just said, oh, I consider you an inferior Spider-Man. But, you know, let's make sure things don't uh, start look a little bit too questionable anime shit. <laughs> that is, it's one simple request. Just please do not make them do that. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm getting a text from my mom. Uh, unfortunately, as of yesterday, she learned that she is capable of getting vertigo. We don't know if it's permanent or if it's a one-time thing. Oof. Developing situation. Um, Golly. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I want. I want to see Nightcrawler because first off, it will be easy for him to hang out with Spider-Man and it'll be easy for them to go through the city together at the same time. And it'll be easy on the coders because if Spider-Man gets too far ahead of them when teleporting, whenever Spider-Man comes to a stop, boom, Nightcrawler can just teleport right there. Um, Oh, and possibly something to do with space. It doesn't have to be swinging across a planet, have them in a space station, a low gravity situation. Just have them do some type of small spacefaring story where he's trying to get back home to earth. Just please just, Evolve things besides, oh, Spider-Man shows up at a crime scene or enclosed area, fights in the enclosed area. Oh, and if you leave the enclosed area, you automatically abort or fail the mission. Bro, like, come on. It's an adventure game. <laughs> and you gave me stupidly good mobility that almost no character gets in an adventure game. And I swing too far or I get knocked away too far and I get that giant warning screen. I fucking hate that, man. Just get build an invisible wall at that point. Yeah. All right, your turn. What do you want to see for DLC? No pun intended. <laughs> I, 
there's been a couple of interesting things that I've seen kind of floating around. So one, I really, I really, really do like the idea of uh, of introducing a new spider threat or spider foe or some kind of adjacent thing in that caliber. Because like, you know, as soon as soon as the talk of this game in general came out, and it was like, all right, so we know that symbiote's going to be involved. We know it's going to be both Spider Man. We all knew it was like. Let me throw hands with the other Spider-Man, please. That's like the bare fucking minimum you had to do outside of introducing co-op, I guess. Um, but you know, it's like let, just let me do that. And so I really like that idea of like let me find another Spider-Person to either fight or to be by my side for a little bit while some, while something of some caliber shows up. I don't really care what. <laughs> so I like that. One of the other things that I keep seeing on the internet that I'm I, I don't know if this even has any merit because I don't exactly know how the execution would work, but I also do like the idea of exploring more into how Peter was utilizing his spider powers when he was a lot younger and when he was in high school, like how Miles is now. Because there's the obvious thing of like, Peter has no one to teach him anything. So he's trying to figure out his own limitations. He's trying to figure out like how he wants to go about making himself into a superhero. He wants to go about... or you know, going through his whole process of just figuring out everything that gets him to the point where he is now, if not a little bit earlier. So I like the concept of it in theory. I don't exactly know how it would function in practice, but you know, they've seemed to make a lot of things work. So I'm so that I'm sure they could make it work. Um, and then the, another thing that I was thinking about is you got a lot of phone calls from Peter when you played the Miles Morales game about what whatever was going on in Simcaria. Him learning about whatever, you know, learning about their language, and he's like, why is there seven different words for bathroom or whatever he said. Um, and just, you know, it if they decided they wanted to basically introduce the narrative that he still had to do some kind of crime fighting while he was there, Dr. that Doom. maybe... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what everybody's talking about. But yeah, because he... Matt Pat made the theory. Oh, actually, yeah, that's exactly why that why that's come up in the internet's conscience. Well, a lot of them. Um, but you know, if, if they had to push the narrative that he had to do some kind of crime fighting in Simkari, whether it be for Doctor Doom or whether it be for something smaller, whatever they wanted to do, that would be interesting to see what they would do with it, and maybe, um, you know, they do some callbacks to the calls that he had had with Miles about having to explain to him like whatever he had to teach him like about pendulum physics and miles talking about how he had to make his web shooters like a little bit like the web that fires out of it smaller so that he can account for the fact that he's lighter than Peter and shit like that. Um, so I like the idea of it. And then I think the last thing would be um, in a similar way to how I think a lot of people wanted to see a story about how Andrew, about, uh, what Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was doing when he stopped pulling his punches, like the comment that he made in No Way Home. Um, I'd be interested to see some kind of caliber Wait, what of what comment that. did he make in No Way Home? Well, so, well, so no, in No Way Home, when, when, uh, when Tom Holland's Spider-Man is talking about how they, they don't know what it's like to feel the pain of losing a loved one, even though they're all Spider-Man, and then... Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield both talk about the the people that they had to lose in order to, you know, be who they are and whatnot. Uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man says like, yeah, I lost Gwen. She was my MJ. And then says a few other little things and then says, uh, after that, I don't know what happened, but I stopped throwing my punches. And he's like using that as a means to tell Tom Holland, Spider-Man that like, hey, you need to 
find a healthy way to process your grief, essentially. Otherwise, you are going to go about making some decisions you're going to regret and whatnot. Oh, okay, yeah. He stopped yeah. holding back when he because of that Gwen stuff. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. I might have I might have described that poorly, but that was that's the whole gist of what he was saying. And so people were like, "I give me Amazing Spider-Man three and show me." partially evil Spider-Man. I want to see what that would look like. And so I'd be, I'd be interested to see like, I guess it's a little bit tougher in this context because Peter didn't have the symbiote for very long. And the anti venom suit is supposed to be the literal antithesis of, of that whole thing. But I don't know that that'd be an interesting thing for them to extrapolate on. It's like, how does this further affect Peter's personality? If it doesn't just, you know, if venom doesn't immediately bring him into the hive mind and just turn him into you know, a, a mindless zombie, like, what does that do to him? So I think that's, yeah, that's, that's probably everything for me. <laughs> okay. Um, well, for this next one, uh, you might need to describe what you feel about it. I don't really have necessarily anything to say. I don't think my only issue with overhyping, if you can call it that was, I don't like being lied to in marketing. Because first off, last I checked, you can sue in this country for false advertisement. Yeah. Uh, they kept implying that the game was entirely co-op. Like there were actual like big signs like be greater together or something like that. And they even yeah. mentioned specifically the words co-op. So I think now it's either going to be a free DLC because they couldn't finish it in time before the game release. And Sony being Sony didn't want to just wait to get it done. Or... It's going to be a situation where there's going to be DLC missions where you can specifically team up with people um, that in, in, in non-canon events. Kind of, no pun intended, like uh, like they did Ninja Gaiden 2 and 3. So, that's how I view it. Um, but, you know, when you say something is overhyped, do you mean like uh, people acted like it was going to be obscenely better than it actually was? Or do you think that, you know, people were basically lying about how mid the game was? What do you mean by um, the game was overhyped? And, you know, do you feel like the game was overhyped? Let me know that, too. Yeah, so I guess I guess ultimately what I'm kind of hoping to to get at with this whole question is looking at, like, the trailers that that they gave us, the kinds of the 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 smaller details for the game that they gave us that weren't explicitly in trailers like with advertising posters and things um obviously when we're talking about like the whole co-op thing it's like yeah that's if you put it in your marketing that it's supposed to be a co-op game and then you don't do that that's that's you know if people are hyped for the game being co-op and then it's significantly less fun to them because it isn't co-op like yeah that fucks the whole experience for them but i'm just looking at like you know i think there was like a whole 12 minute thing on on one of the first missions in which Craven becomes like a big part of the story and you really need to go and and kind of help deal with with him and and his whole team hunting down uh the lizard and whatnot and it's it's like you know did did we look at those and then we looked at like the initial Craven um trailer where he uh, actually I think that was at the beginning of that 12 minute thing I'm talking about it's like did you see all these things and then go and play the game and maybe even get to the parts that they're describing uh, and that they're showing in the trailers and think, oh, wow, this feels significantly less fun or cool or interesting to play and watch than it was upon the initial kind of shock of seeing everything for the first time in its full-fledged self in a trailer, you know? Um, and I think, I think the main reason that I bring this up is because I am part of a... Um, 
to say that I'm part of a group sounds like it's a more professional thing. I just happen to be in like a Facebook group of people who post a lot of Spider-Man content, whether it be from the games, the movies, um, the comics, cosplay, drawings that they do, anything like that. And a lot of people seem to have really strong opinions on the game, even to the point of spouting off like spouting off opinions on the game that I feel like they are a little bit too haphazard with having like everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but it's like, I look at the things that they're complaining about and I realize I'm like, okay, I think you need to like, you need to like take a step back for a second. Cause now you're just spouting things to say things. So I'm just wondering if like, from your perspective, if you watched the trailers and all the information you heard about the game, and if that, if that did a number on increasing how much you were interested in playing the game. And then when you actually played the game, you didn't hit those same levels. I would say for me, because I don't have a lot of stake in this question, um, but I would say yes, but not because they didn't necessarily deliver. They didn't. But what they didn't deliver on was things that technically they were never promised outside of one specific thing, which was the co-op. They did not do a massive change or restructure or alteration to the combat system, like going from Devil May Cry 1 and 2 to 3, or hell, going from Devil May Cry 4 to Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition, something like that. But also, they never promised me that. My biggest issue was that there was practically nothing in that game that was such a obscenely massive improvement that I can honestly say, oh shit, I don't think I'll ever go back to the original Spider-Man 1 or, you know, this game is objectively more fun than Spider-Man 1 was. Or the Miles Morales stuff. Like, I don't think these games are but worse, but I think it's like equal levels. I think these are genuinely yeah. games that they spend a lot of money on. They're going to get marketed to death. But when it comes to gameplay and replayability, it's very limited. I'm not going to wake up one day in the middle when I'm 30 or 40. I mean, not, uh, when I'm like 40 or 50 or something and say, you know what? Let me go reminisce and play Spider-Man again. I'll do that with Final Fantasy VII, but I wouldn't do that with <laughs> Spider-Man. So I don't feel it was overhyped, but I understand that some people do feel like it was overhyped. I didn't have high expectations. I knew I was going to get a good game, but I wasn't expecting massive improvement just based on the trailers they gave us. Yeah, no, that that is very fair. That's actually, that's like a really good analogy to think about the whole thing. Because for me, I'm like, I, I kind of look at it the same way where there are, I mean, there are there are mechanics in the second game that I really, really enjoy that those mechanics would prevent me from going back to the other games if that is the specific experience that I'm looking for, obviously. But I do also agree that, for the most part, you you go through these waves of, of uh, like, I don't know, you, you experience the game a certain way, and the experience, for me, felt like it was greatly increased in this game primarily because of like i'm not a graphics person so this is is really a dumb thing for me to say but like the graphical fidelity of the game was very pretty the loading times for everything was very nice and it just made everything flow together better i like the way that the story progressed i like the way that some of the things that i didn't like in the game had gotten better and were more bearable to deal with but i think at the highest end uh, these game, this game did not quite, it didn't get any higher than the previous two games, but that's also primarily because of the novel experience that I had of playing those, the original games when I played them for the first time. So I see exactly where you're coming from. Um, 
where it's one of those things. It's like the game is just as good as all the other ones. And it's not as crazy good as I think some people were claiming it was going to be. Um, even to the point of people saying like, this is going to be game of the year. It's like, no, I love this Fuck game. Fuck out of here death. with that shit. First off, yeah, exactly. I know it sounds weird, but I've never come across a term that is so positive or neutral that immediately makes me feel disgusted like I'm hearing something derogatory. You know how weird that is? Like, when I hear someone say Game of the Year, I'm, I'm almost immediately offended. Because first off, now you're telling me that anything I like is not the, is not a good game and or it wasn't a good game in 2023, 2024, or whatever year it is when people are listening to this. And then you're telling me like, oh, uh, because you say this is Game of the Year, now you're automatically saying that this game that I think is the bomb or is the shit or was my greatest game of the past 12 months uh, is hot ass. Or also that, you know, Game of the Year is not supposed to be disputed, like greatest of all time. So if I say this game was Game of the Year and you say, no, it's actually this one, like, I fucking hate that the media has marketed that term. And now it's not the Game Awards, but, you know, expecting reality at the Game Awards is like asking to be punched in the face and being mad when Mike Tyson is the one who does it. (laughs) Yeah, you ain't supposed to push that hard. It's like, look, he's a pro. What do you expect? Yeah, like his his look. He may not be. No, he isn't. He isn't a boxer anymore. But real talk, he never stopped going to the gym. That guy did not skip arm or leg day. (laughs) So honestly, that's just me. I I fucking hate hearing that as a concept. But um, with that being said, um, I'm gonna just give my overall rating. And my overall rating is a B. I would say B minus, but that implies that, you know, the game is leaning towards subpar. It's really fucking not. It is not. It is far from subpar. But it is not some God sin, God tier shit like Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 is going to be, you know? This ain't the <laughs> second coming, literally, of the video game Jesus that is FF7. Um, So I give it, I'm just giving it a B. Uh, what about you, though? How you feeling? Honestly, I think this is the hopefully the last time I have to say this. I think that if a lot of people's perceptions of the game are harshly driven by the fact of there being bugs in the game and all that stuff, the fact that that has been removed from me and it maintains all the things that I enjoyed about the first two games, which I still think are some of my personal favorite games, I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I can recognize its flaws and I can recognize where it did some things that I liked less than the first game and the second game or the first game and the Miles game. And I can also recognize that they did some stuff in that game that was unique that I really found tedious and annoying as shit. <laughs> but I still really, really had a fun time with it. Yeah, uh, I really hated that they made me fucking play Venom oh. for a boss fight that was obviously yeah. fucking... There was no gain from it. There was no build up to it. You knew Venom was going to be in the game. You didn't know if you were going to play Venom. You, in fact, you thought he was going to be, you know, bad guy number two. That's how I looked at it, bad guy number two. And then you go it, and then all of a sudden you're playing Venom out of nowhere. And you can only do it up to the point of fighting a boss that obviously the other characters had more of a stake in and a buildup to them fighting. But to be fair, hey, that's that on some level, that's good story writing, right? But here we are in this situation where fucking... The minute you beat Venom or Venom beats Craven, you're in the apocalypse mode of the game 
And all bullshit aside, it just, it almost felt like it was declining the further it went as far as story deviations. So you get to the end of it and then, oh, you're fighting in that particle accelerator thing. Again, I fucking hate that Mary Jane is involved in anything in this game. That's one of the biggest things I fucking hated about this game. I didn't bring <laughs> it up in part three because I'm not sure people can distinguish my issues with Mary Jane are not related to the fact that she's in the game. It's the fact that they keep fucking making her playable unnecessarily. But, and also, uh, I didn't sign up for Mary Jane play, playing. Why am I playing Mary Jane when I would obviously prefer Black Cat? Someone who can do something. Yeah. You know? And it's not because I like Black Cat. It's because, let's compare what Mary Jane does to Black Cat. She shoots a gun that shoots webs. And she tases people in the neck. That's it. And Black Cat throws hands. Yes. And it does it, and it's cool she, as fuck. Climbing up walls. She can do that stuff. She also got a fucking... Well, at the time, at least, she had access to a teleporting device. Okay? Like, Black Cat has story particularities. Okay? And then, you know, there's always that... Are they trying to imply that the Spider-Man in this game is the Spider-Man from Web of Shadows little thing? Or we don't know if it's just an Easter egg. But the Black Cat house in Web of Shadows is similar to Black Cat in house in this game. Someone figured that out fairly recently. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So the way I'm looking at this shit, I'm not comfortable going higher than a B because the one thing I was looking forward to the most, you basically lied to my, to everyone's face about. I've only been hit with, uh, issues at the worst possible times and framings that you could possibly have while playing a video game. And you over here, you know, just, just, just want to go in the whole, Hey, well, I mean, we're going to fix them eventually. Yeah. There's going to be DLC with more interesting. Like, no, we're talking about base product, homie. Not to mention you and I both know a lot of these companies, they're not actually trying to make a complete version of their fucking games anymore. Yeah. No, they want to make your game eternally accessible. So even if you buy it used 10 or 15 years later, you go and get the DLC. But guess what? DLC is not permanent. And then also, this shit blows my mind. Apparently, you can have the DLC. The DLC doesn't even go to the disc anymore. The DLC is accessible and downloaded to your system. So if I buy a copy of this game with, say, a year from now, with all the DLC on it, and they don't make a complete edition, and I give that game to somebody, they don't have that DLC on there. It's fucking crazy. That's just, that's just like bad. That's just bad. <laughs> no, it like, is. But you got to understand these, a lot of these gaming corporations, and we all know it. It's, it's, it's been that way for uh, eons at this point. They're not run by people who play video games anymore. They're not run by people who respect the concept of video gaming anymore. A studio is not the same as a production company whose job it is to make video games. A studio can do what they want to. They could take commission from third parties they could work in the movie industry generating assets or working on a cg elements in a, in a, vis, a visual effects in a film but if you're sony you're microsoft you're nintendo you are not incentivized to allow the dlc to permanently install and then if someone gets rid of the game the dlc is just there you're not incentivized into making a complete edition ever last i checked uh 
they didn't make a complete edition for Breath of the Wild, but everyone's calling that, um, you know, one of the greatest games of all time now, uh, superseding Zelda Ocarina of Time. Well, if someone goes and buys that game, are they going to get all that DLC built in? And you know, whenever the DLC for Tears of the King comes out, that shit is not going to be doing anything other than being accessible. They closed on the entire Wii U store and the 3DS store. And if it wasn't for one person who's in a lot of trouble right now. Oh, yeah, that shit wouldn't almost no one would know how to access that shit. The rumor is, is that that particular person who shall remain nameless is the person who's responsible for getting all DLC that was ever on the eShop for the Wii U and the 3DS and putting it up onto the oh, internet. Oh, yeah, I saw that. For people being able to access it via emulator. Yeah. So, my hat's off to you in that respect. In that respect, my hat's off to you. Yeah, but also the legal system is not going to be happy with you. They're not happy with you. I mean, like they said, he's asking for an audit. But here's the thing. If the money's not spent, but he's been claiming it has. If the money's not fucking spent, he's not going to be getting in a lot of trouble. At best, he would lose the title of 501 and he would have to re-register as an actual legitimate business because there's two types of fraud that people don't realize um, in the world of legalities it's regular fraud and there's charitable fraud charitable fraud can be word of mouth you don't have to take money or spend money you can lie about what you're doing with the money you can lie about where the money went you can lie about what the purpose of the money is and that's your ass with the money even not even being spent but I digress. Um, that's my reasoning for giving it a B. It wasn't a major combat improvement. I did like the new stuff, but it was very, very plain. Uh, I'm, I'm still not a fan of how finishers are always in slow motion. There's no, they're not sped up in any way, shape, or form. I don't need the slow motion look. It gets real stale. And unlike games like A Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, where I can get bored of my combat. And if I'm really bored, start using weapons I normally don't fuck with immediately and get new experiences. You can't do that with Spider-Man. You have the Venom suit temporarily and then the Venom suit becomes anti-Venom suit. Miles is just Miles. And once you get everything in one playthrough, that's it. Yes, people will make distinct and exotic combat videos online with the tool set that they get. I know that. That's not my problem. My problem is... For as short as this game was, the level of combat styles you can do are extremely limited. In fact, I think if they make a 3, they need to experiment with having more playable characters, such as a Black Cat or a Nightcrawler. Give us more deviation. They need to maybe look at this almost like a Borderlands situation. Speaking of, if they ever... What? We we need a Borderlands game that also has like third-person action and third-person perspective. If we got a game like that, bro, I would actually play that shit. I'm definitely going to see the movie. Don't get me wrong. They got a movie, um, huh? Or, or is it a Netflix? I can't remember. Is it a movie or is it a series? Either way, Netflix. It's gonna be on Netflix. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's as far as I can go with it. Uh, with that being said, do you in particular have any closing statements about Spider Man? Um, no, not any, not anything, not any crazy closing statements. I actually just have one, like, hopefully minor question, and if it if it okay, and it can be cut out if necessary. Um. <laughs> the internet seems to be really mad about this. How do you feel about Miles' final suit? 
No, 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 no. The internet is doesn't seem to be mad. The internet is mad. Is mad. And I'm glad they're mad because it feels like a corporate cop-out piece of shit. If I get Sonic Adventure 2 soap shoes vibe. I don't know if you were <laughs> around for Sonic Adventure 2 when it first came out. But Sega decided that they wanted to market some soap shoes that they don't even own the company. The company's like, can we use Sonic to market? And they let this company, besides putting their advertisements all up on like one or two stages in Sonic Adventure 2, they told Sega team at the last minute, hey, change Sonic shoes to these soap shoes for the entire game. But they came so late that they didn't even get a chance to fix it in all the cutscenes. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. So now they got these 300 damn near, but you know when they go online, they're going to be worth thousands. This like $200, $300 pair of Miles Morales Spider-Man Adidas's. And the outfit's fucking stupid. Listen, first off, why you got a hood on? Why you got a hood on your outfit if you're not going to use it? Every other outfit with the hood, you wear the hood. And now you got a haircut out. Uh, I thought the goal was to have a fucking secret identity. But you're showing them your hair now? I would prefer yeah, maybe just... if the hair was visible, if he had the fucking hood on, you could see like little Cheeto tendrils or something. But no. <laughs> so that's why I'm actually bothered. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, from a design standpoint, that doesn't make any sense. And also, yeah, knowing that it's a corporate... Upon learning that it was like a corporate little uh, quote-unquote collaboration, I was like, now I see why everybody's mad about it. <laughs> like, Yeah, it, it feels like, so fucking forced. And then to top it off, the suit didn't... He said that, oh, it's time for me to design my own original suit. They kept implying there was going to be some significant importance to the narrative why he had to have this suit, right? Like... You have to actually like like oh he has to do something in particular that fucks with his lightning because you know they said that Mister Negative was affecting his electrical currents and some shit which they didn't really explain, um, but no and I'm thinking oh that blue stuff maybe has something to do with it that's going through the suit how did he even make that blue shit what is that blue shit <laughs> I hate the suit <laughs> and also it's not really a suit a a, a a full body suit if he goes and puts some sneakers on. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate it. And then here's Peter on the other side. He back in his regular suit. It's just he went. He just said, "Oh, I ain't got no venom. Cool, I got anti-venom though." <laughs> oh no, that's fair. That's fair. I was gonna make a joke. I was like, I was like, he got. He, I was like, he got liquid PC cooler in his uh, bro. In nice. His suit. That that's pretty <laughs> funny actually. Like, uh, PC cooler, cooler master fucking Miles. Um, yeah. All right, well, uh, with that being said, I look forward to, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about the DLC at some point. If you want to get in on that Xbox conversation we're having, because you're actually the perfect person to be in there, because you are as wide as they come. Um, I'll, You know, yeah, you're yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, because fucking, this is one of those things I hate. I, and we, I think we talked about it the first time we actually spoke, too. It doesn't matter what you do as a minority, no matter how good you are, for some reason racist the closeted kind and the open kind and the idiots who don't think they're racist their first thought is you only got that job because of affirmative action first off affirmative action doesn't actually get you a fucking job you still have to be qualified for the goddamn job like I, that's always bothered me and that's not even like a new thing people have been saying that for like 50 years yeah um or oh they only got the job because she's a diversity you don't get to be a ceo as a diversity hire that's not a thing. Why do these companies always market it and talk about it when they do it? Because they want fucking brownie points. That's it. 
they know they'll get a stock boost. They'll know they'll be able to quote unquote, get attention on them that they normally wouldn't get. That's all it is. But that doesn't mean that the person isn't qualified or that they get the job because they want marketing. Because first off, you can pay marketing to make you look more, to get more attention on your ass. So that's definitely going to be a video that we do. I don't know when it's going to be. It'll obviously be after Thanksgiving. Because <laughs> I know how people feel about that shit. But yep. it's basically going to be like, do you think there's anything she can do to combat the assholes that are now going to crawl out the woodworks? I've seen people going and commenting in places saying like, oh, well, I guess I'm never going to buy an Xbox game again. I was like, those two things don't even correlate without you not looking sexist or racist. Yeah, or literally. Because someone who you don't even know and I've never met, know nothing about, no one knew she was the fucking VP. I didn't even know she was a VP till I read about it. The VP <laughs> got promoted to the presidential position or the CEO position. You've decided, well, I can't buy these games anymore. And you know somebody's going to make a video about, oh, Xbox is going to go woke now. You know someone's going to fucking do it. Yeah. I bet probably, you if I, I put mean, in Xbox woke right now on YouTube. You know what? Let me do that right now. I bet yeah. you some douchebag is going to be like, oh, Xbox magically sucks now because they have a female black president and they're going to act like they're not racist. Let me go look this up. I'm going to legitimately type this in. Xbox woke. Let's see what happens. Well, it seems like uh, then it seems like if 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 the uh, if the stories about Xbox are important enough to get to national television news and whatnot, then something tells me. I don't know. I see something about like uh, something about Xbox and sustainability, and the news was like <laughs> Xbox is going woke now, and it's like they're trying to save the planet. My they're trying to decrease part, their carbon footprint, and that makes them woke. My my favorite part is that people act like woke has a definition. It had a definition, and like always, fucking assholes on the right and people who are paid to make themselves not look like the assholes in an asshole sandwich manipulate the information. So now dumbasses apply it to anything that they don't like without even comprehending it or even understanding that there was a definition, and a bunch of assholes screwed it up and screwed it over. So now I got people throwing woke in conversations where it don't make sense, and I ask them what the context is, and they tell me I'm being a woke asshole. It's like... I would have, and I would literally say, I would have to know what the fuck that's supposed to mean in order to be woke, wouldn't I? Because it was supposed yeah, to mean... Uh, people, people are just throwing the term around thinking yeah. it's offensive. Bro, literally. Yeah. Like, this is what it was supposed to mean. You became aware at some point in time in your life that you are subsisting in a broken socio-political and economic system. That's it. You are aware that you got dealt a shit hand or that the hands being dealt are not all fair across the board. Mind you, no one said they were supposed to be, but the goal is to move the needle to where we can get as close to fair for everyone as possible. Some people going to have two parents. Somebody's dad or mom is going to die before they turn one. Someone's dad or mom is going to die the minute they turn 18. We all know the world ain't fair, but the goal as humans is to make it as palatable to each other as possible. That's it. Now, people think woke means anything that is acknowledging or respecting of a different culture or the LGBT, you know, uh, community. They, that, they, that now they, and they also somehow think that's somehow a bad thing. And then they also can't explain a definition, but when they see a minority or they see somebody from some group that they don't like, or they don't come across, don't they don't interact with, they don't know in person or in real life. They just said, if they show up in their, their media lexicon or their social feeds that this is woke. So this is bad. And it's fucked up how easy it is to convert the idiots into racist and sexist. I hate to say it, but 
you and I remember the alt-right playbook. The problem is we got a whole other generation behind us that have never even gone through it. It's very easy to understand. The first thing they tell you is it doesn't matter if you're not left or right or if you don't care. The right wants you to aid and support them either directly or indirectly, and they will trick you into doing it. You need to pay attention. That's the whole point of the alt-right playbook in one sentence. One sentence, even though there's like four different videos and they're like two or three hours long, I just told you the, the, the basic summary. Well, the problem is no one remembers that anymore. Or they think because they haven't heard the word alt-right that it's gone. No, hatred always rebrands. That's just it. It just rebranded. Mm-hmm. Now it's anti-woke. That's what alt-right is now. Now it's not neo-Nazis, it's white nationalists. You know? And now it's my personal favorite, anti-black culture. Bitch, do you really, are you really so fucking brain dead that you didn't realize you just said, hey, I'm a racist? Yeah, exactly. That's my, that's, you know. Like, no one woke up one day and said, you're not allowed to indulge in American culture or American ethnicities. Um, there's more than one American culture. No one owns independently American culture. And if there is someone that can do that, they're the natives, not the Caucasians, the fucking natives. Yeah. There is no white culture, not because people are racist and they hate you and some other shit. There's no white culture because white is not inherently by itself a culture, whereas black is because black culture is a contraction or shorthand for african-american culture or african culture those are distinguishable ethnicities and a group of people white culture is not a distinguishable ethnicity it is a designation for people who do not know from which part of europe they hail from it is for people it is a term specifically for those who don't know what they are so if you don't know what culture you are you don't have a set culture you can say you have American ideology or North American or USA culture, but guess what? That's not exclusive to a skin tone. And I understand on some level, that's one of the biggest things they use against anyone who's trying to fix ignorance. Because when you tell somebody black culture is a thing and there's no such thing as white culture, their brain immediately thinks, hey, that's racist. I'm like, no. But it's because they don't know what they don't know, which makes them so easy to manipulate. And that's what fucking terrifies me. That's typically how it goes. Yeah. The fight I... never ends until the fight ends. Um, or we get something else to hate collectively. Uh, anyways, uh, that philosophical existentialism moment aside. Um, <laughs> always a pleasure to have you coming through, man. I look forward to doing more videos or anything you want to do with you. And you will be the first to know when this video comes out, so you can do the share, promote thing. Bless. All right. We will see you guys when we see you guys. I don't even have a funny remark. (laughs) 